What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. What's up, guys? Cloud with you here. Uh, good to be back with you. We're continuing on in Acts chapter 23 today. I've got verses 12 through 35. Thank you, Dakota. Did a great job yesterday. Uh, really kind of unpacking this. And like he said, uh, this story where we're at, Paul is before the courts and he's again being threatened. This is not the first time that's happened where he's come before authorities and, and they're basically saying, stop talking about Jesus. And then other people want to kill him. So we're going to see that unfold more and more today as he is on his way. Uh, eventually, we're going to see he's on his way to Rome, which is where his story ends. But of course, God's story is much bigger than that and continues as we know it today. And so let's dig in. Acts chapter 23, verses 12 through 35. I'm reading out of the ESV. When it was day, the Jews made a plot and bound themselves by an oath, neither to eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 who made this conspiracy. They went to the chief priests and elders and said, we have strictly bound ourselves by an oath to taste no food till we have killed Paul. Now, therefore, along with the council, give notice to the tribune to bring him down to you as though you were going to determine his case more exactly, and we are ready to kill him before he comes near. Now, the son of Paul's sister heard of their ambush, so he went and entered the barracks and told Paul. Paul called to one of the centurions and said, take this young man to the tribune, for he has something to tell them. So he took him and brought him to the tribune and said, Paul the prisoner called me and asked me to bring this young man to you, as he has something to say to you. The tribune took him by the hand, and going aside, asked him privately, What is it that you have to tell me? And he said, The Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down to the council tomorrow, as though they were going to inquire somewhat more closely about him. But do not be persuaded by them, for more than forty of their men are lying in ambush for him, who have bound themselves by oath neither to eat nor drink till they have killed him. And now they are ready, waiting for your consent. So the tribune dismissed the young man, charging him, Tell no one that you have informed me of these things. Then he called for two of the centurions and said, Get ready, two hundred soldiers with seventy horsemen and two hundred spearmen, and go as far as Caesarea at the third hour of the night. Also provide mounts for Paul to ride and bring him safely to Felix, the governor. And he wrote a letter to the governor to this effect, saying, Claudius Lysias, to his excellency, the governor Felix, greetings. This man was seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them when I came upon them with the soldiers and rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman citizen. And desiring to know the charge for which they were accusing him, I brought him down to their council. I found that he was being accused about questions of their law, but charged with nothing deserving of death or imprisonment. And when it was disclosed to me that there would be a plot against this man, I sent him to you at once, ordering his accusers also to state before you what they have against him. So the soldiers, according to their instructions, took Paul and brought him by the night to Antipatris. And on the next day they returned to the barracks, letting the horsemen go on with him. When they had come to Caesarea and delivered the letter to the governor, they presented Paul also before him. 
On reading the letter, he asked what province he was from, and when he learned that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will give you a hearing when your accusers arrive. And he commanded him to be guarded in Herod's praetorium. All right, so that huge long story, thank you for bearing with me. Basically, Paul, he's continuing to be uh, in trouble, and he actually gets arrested by the Romans, and the Jews are continuing to try to kill him. Now there's this big plot uh, because he's in Roman hands and they can't get to him, so they're this huge conspiracy to try to kill Paul. So the first thing I wrote in this, as we see, that despite all of these death threats and the conspiracies, God uses ordinary means to accomplish his purposes. And I'll say it again, God uses ordinary means to accomplish his purposes. So even though all these death threats are going on and he's gotten arrested by the Romans, right? They're not really, they're not really friends, even though they're, they send the cavalry uh, to protect Paul when they learn about this death threat. It's just really interesting, all the dynamics, like they're protecting Paul, but they're not, they're not like on his side per se. They're just being used and, and they're, they're, they're in charge of this region. They want to keep the peace, but God is using them to accomplish a greater purpose, even though that's they're really intending it for their own kind of political stability to kind of keep their hand in control of this region, etc. And so despite their motives, God's using it to accomplish his own purposes. What's crazy is in the book of Acts, there's so many stories. We've talked about them. There's so many accounts of miracles. There's so many accounts of the extraordinary. Uh, even in Paul's life, there's been so many instances where it's been some crazy, you know, I'm using crazy, extra, extraordinary, you know, un, unnatural, supernatural kind of a thing that's like, whoa, God, God really showed up and it's really obvious it's a miracle. Uh, but not always. And here we see that uh, this is just kind of normal people doing what they're doing, like with different motives, like Rome has their own thing going on uh, and God's using it. And he sends in the cavalry, like a whole military detachment with all these horses and Paul gets his own riders and all that stuff. God sends that to protect Paul because he's going to send him to Rome. He's going to eventually go there and share the gospel with more people. This is to the ends of the, the, the earth, right? That the gospel is going. There's a much deeper purpose and God's using these ordinary means. Whereas in other parts of Acts, there's been all these crazy miracles. Here in this story, we see something very ordinary, right? We see a secular government. That's pretty shady, right? God uses it. We see Felix, we'll eventually see more of his story. The governor, he was governor in Judea in, in uh, AD 52 through 59. You can read some more about history about him, but... I mean, he was not very well thought of, right? He, people thought he was inept and he had like multiple wives and he had his own weaknesses and problems and issues. Like not a great dude, right? God's using him, right? And he uses this terrible government and then he uses this terrible leader. And, you know, there's there's no crazy burning bushes. There's no light shows. There's no angels that show up in this particular instance. It's just what people are doing, normal, ordinary people, it's the result of what they're doing, what's next in front of their stories, even those with different motives. And God is using their actions to accomplish his greater purposes. Uh, and, and we're going to continue to see Paul's story unfold. So how does this apply to us? So the first thing was God uses ordinary means to accomplish his purposes, even though other times he does miraculous things. A lot of times he does the ordinary, right? What's applicable for us is number two, 
God is working in your life even when it seems like he's not. God is working in your life even when it seems like he's not. Even when it's those ordinary means, he's accomplishing his purposes. He's working in your life even when it feels like it that he's not or even it seems like he's not. If we looked at it in our day and age and we applied our worldly metric uh, to, to see whether Paul is a winner, right? Well, he's not really. I mean, look at the outside. Paul looks like a failure. People are lying about him. The leaders lied about him. People tried to kill him, right? There's these fanatics. Like, I would say if there's a bunch of people trying to kill you, you've probably done something wrong, right? We would probably all say that about other people. If we're using a worldly metric, he looks like a failure. People are lying about him. People are trying to kill him. He's being ignored by his superiors, his, the government officials. They just pass him off to the next up the chain and, and just keep passing him off. In all this, he looks like a failure on the outside, but the Lord God is working, especially in those cases. Paul looks like a failure, and that's where God shines. God works, especially in the quote-unquote failure cases. And so he, God, is going to get Paul, his faithful servant, to Rome. He's going to unfold that story for his greater purpose, and the gospel is going to be spread. And we have the Bible now, and this whole story, and Paul's life is an example. That's amazing, right? That's a win. And on the way to Rome, that's going to be a whole other ordeal. And you can be kind of down like, yeah, well, it's just going to get worse for Paul. Yeah, yeah, it's going to do that. But uh, as St. Augustine said, and I saw this in one of my commentaries, trust the past to the mercy of God, the present to his love, and the future to his providence. Trust the past to the mercy of God, the present to his love, and the future to his providence. So, Again, God uses ordinary means. It's not always the miraculous that he works through. He uses ordinary things. He's working in your life, even when it doesn't seem like it. Even when we think we're failures or when we look like a failure to other people, God loves those, and he's working especially in those to accomplish his purposes. Sometimes the purposes aren't always fun, right? Paul's journey to Rome, let's just be honest, it's going to get rocky and harder and shipwreck and all that stuff stay tuned for more of that but we can trust god in that god is doing so much something so much bigger and we can rest in our confidence in him and that takes the holy spirit and jesus dying on the cross to bring that faith and that trust in our lives even when we don't feel like it i hope that's an encouragement to you guys this morning today whenever you're listening to this and you all have a great day and we'll see you on the next episode Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.